0: The following is a message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. More information about Parkview is available at www.parkviewchurch.org. All right. Good morning. Welcome to Parkview. I'm Doug, one of the pastors here. Really glad you're with us. Uh, We are in a series that we're calling What Matters Most, and what we're doing is looking at some key themes that are in the Gospel of John, verses 14, 15, or chapters, 14, 15, 16. This is, uh, I'm calling it the most important team meeting uh, that there ever was, because this is Jesus with 11 of his disciples. He's about ready to be arrested and then crucified, and then rise again from the dead and then ascend into heaven. And so, what you see in these three chapters, and Jesus is giving his team it's just some key values that they're going to need in order to get the gospel to go beyond these 11. And I'd say this plan worked because today there are about 2 billion people that would identify themselves as followers of Jesus. And so, wherever the gospel has gone out, or wherever God has moved, it's been it's been through these values that Jesus really implanted uh, into His people. So I'm glad you're here, because we've been saying this isn't just a history lesson. This isn't just looking back at what what God did with them, but we're looking at what does God want to do with us today so we have some people with us on live stream my neighbor tyler allegedly right is watching hi tyler so maybe some family in maryland too so good that whoever's out there great that you're with us so big day 18 people getting baptized today my girls are getting baptized in this hour so i'm excited for that so a lot of good things and uh you've heard me say this too over the last uh several weeks when we kicked this year off and just dedicated this year in prayer, and how many remember when it was like twenty below and a bunch of you guys came out that night and we just prayed for God to work? Seriously, at staff meetings each week, we just keep celebrating what God is doing. Let me—here's a cool one. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, a couple from another country had never been to a church before, and so they Google church, and Parkview comes up first, so they come, and so somebody identifies the new person look, you know, like where, where are we going? And introduces himself and then introduces them to one of our college staff. And they've been doing Bible study for, for four weeks now. And the person is getting, this couple is getting closer to Jesus. Isn't, that's, that's awesome. So a lot of good stories going on around here. And, um, also a lot of hard things. If you've read in the paper, um, tomorrow we're hosting, a, a, a funeral for, um, a 21-year-old that took his life. And so obviously stepping into that with this family and then with the friends and just pray for God to move powerfully there. And um, many of us have been praying in the community for, for Flash. And this is just a hard weekend for him and his family too. Just prayers, prayers needed there as well. So let me just pray to start us off. And then really a lot of the things that are going on around us a lot of the same things that Jesus' team was going through and that he's preparing them for. So I'm just going to pray again that this isn't history, but this is us, that Jesus wants to train us to walk through these days. So let me pray for us. Jesus, we, uh, we celebrate you this morning. We praise you for who you are. You're a great God. You're a great savior. Thank you for uh, the chance to learn from you this morning, the things that you taught your team. So help us to listen. Thank you for so many people getting baptized today and just celebrating that you've rescued them. Um, And we do pray, God, for these two families we just mentioned going through very hard times. Would you comfort these families? And would you just rally your people to come around them and comfort them as well? Right now, speak to us and, and give us uh, the, the message we need from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're calling this What Matters Most, and uh, what we've seen so far, this is week four, we've seen uh, Jesus talk about serving, that if uh, God is going to move among people, it's going to be people who serve, who put other people first. We also saw about loving as Jesus love The key to get uh, God's message out is to show his love, to people, so we talked about that. Last week, we talked about believing. Even when times get hard and tough, Jesus warned his followers it's gonna get tough, but you can believe in these promises, we looked at that. This week, uh, we're gonna look at the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, for a lot of people, you know, if you understand who God is, you understand Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's usually Holy Spirit that we know the least about. And yet, the Holy Spirit is crucial for any of us who are following Jesus this morning. In fact, Jesus said this in John 16, seven, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so here's what's going on. Jesus has just told his team, I'm gonna leave you. And he looked around the table and he saw big eyes and they're, they're worried and they're afraid. They go, what, you're leaving us? And he says, it's actually to your advantage that I go, because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. We mentioned this last week, but Jesus is ultimately saying, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit in you than to have me with you. That's how huge this topic is this morning. We've got to understand who the Holy Spirit is, but, but for a lot of us, we just, we don't know much about him. So, what we're going to do this morning is ask and answer these questions who is the holy spirit Um, what does the holy spirit do uh, in our lives what are evidences that the holy spirit's at work in our lives and then how do i let the holy spirit work in my life okay four really key questions we've got to answer so the first one is who is the holy spirit and jesus says this in john 14 again He's already told them, I'm, I'm leaving. They're freaking out. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And he gives them some reasons why. Don't be afraid. I'm leaving. And one of the reasons why is because of the Holy Spirit. So John 14, verse 16, he says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him because he dwells with you and he will, be, uh, he will be in you. And so a couple of things we're seeing here is, first of all, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit another helper. We mentioned this last week, but another, the word Jesus chose was another just like me. Another like me. So Jesus is saying, I'm leaving, but the Holy Spirit who is just like me is coming to live within you. Notice also Jesus calls the Holy Spirit he, not it. Okay, Holy Spirit's not the force. It's not like, you know, like it's not Star Wars going on here. This is, the Holy Spirit is personal and he is God. Okay, so in fact, um, one thing Jesus taught his followers right before he went into heaven, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them. That's why we're baptizing this morning. Jesus said, baptize them in the name, singular name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. there are many passages in the new testament where the holy spirit is equated with father and son so jesus makes it clear he's fully god um, and he's personal okay that's who the holy spirit is and you see jesus heart here is he's leaving his people but he doesn't want to leave them alone and so as a dad i can relate to that when my my girls are getting baptized are in high school but just you know big moments as a parent when your kid goes to school for the first time and you're not there you know, the helicopter parent in you just wants to be there, right, and to care for them and see them and, and, and make sure they're okay. And, and Jesus, with even a greater heart for his followers, said, I don't want to leave you alone. I'm going to leave my spirit uh, with you. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's fully God and he's personal. Um, and I just want to make it clear right here this morning. Uh, any one of us in this room can have the Holy Spirit in you. And the way that happens is by you putting your faith in Jesus Christ by you becoming a Christian. And so the way you do that is, first of all, we, we, everybody, i got some bad news for you. Everybody in this room, we are sinful people. Okay. The Bible is very honest about that. And I don't know about you. I just know about my sin. So I would put myself first. I'm the worst sinner in this room that I know. Okay. So I know what I think. I know what I've done. Um, And so all of us have sinned before a holy God. But God offers to forgive us of our sins um, because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Jesus died. He did not sin. He died. He rose again from the dead because he proved that he has power over sin and death. So now, any one of us can have our sins forgiven and can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if that's new turf for you this morning, ask the friend that brought you, or I would love to talk to you afterwards, but you basically say, God, I admit I'm a sinner. I've offended you. Uh, I've hurt people that you created. I, I need to be forgiven of my sins. Give me new life in Jesus Christ. And at that moment, you become a child of God and you become a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is maybe a part that a lot of us don't know. At that moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you because that's based on the promise of jesus and ephesians 1 13 says that we are sealed with the holy spirit so it's like in your soul god god stamps you seals you as one of his kids by giving you the holy spirit and so holy spirit's not going anywhere he's there residing in your life for the rest of your life because of your faith in jesus christ and so as I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, just make it clear, every one of us can have the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's through faith in Jesus Christ, okay? So that's who the Holy Spirit is. And, and first of all, that ought to just stagger us a little bit here. Like, if you read through the Old Testament, God's people just longed for God to be with them. And If you don't know the Old Testament that well, that's okay. But there was a time where God's people were being rescued out of Egypt, um, taken out of slavery in Egypt, and God led them through the wilderness. And during the day, there would be a giant cloud that was the presence of God, and they were so excited that God's presence was with them in a cloud. And at night, it would be a pillar of fire. They're like, "Wow, it's so awesome! God is is in our midst." And then, when it was predicted that Jesus would come to Earth, He was called God with us, and people were like, "Whoa, God is going to come and be with us through Jesus." And so how exciting that the Creator is going to be with us, but now even more so, the Holy Spirit uh, is God in us. That ought, that ought to stagger us. Like the Holy Spirit of God, the Creator God, is living in me. And that ought to lead to some questions, like, really? Like, shouldn't I be a little different if the Spirit of God is living in me? And that's, a, that's an amazing question to ask yourself, in fact, Maybe add this to your maybe weekly checklist of questions. Has anything happened in your life recently that can only be explained by the fact that the supernatural spirit of God lives in you? And it could be that we just don't know who he is and we don't know what he wants to do or we don't know how to let him work in our lives, but, but that ought to stagger us. How, how would you live differently this week if you knew for sure that the spirit of God lived in you? Wouldn't you be more courageous and... Anyway, we'll keep talking, okay? So don't, don't let that just go, yeah, the Spirit of God lives in me. Like, it's a big deal, okay? So that's where we are. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's fully God. It comes to live within God's people, okay? So um, what does he do? What does he do for us? Well, we saw in John 14, 16 that he is called the helper. He's called the helper, at least in this translation, uh, ESV translation, he's called the helper. If you may have another Bible. I looked at about eight translations this week. There are at least five different words for the Holy Spirit from this verse that he's called a comforter, uh, he's called a counselor, he's called an advocate, and he's called a friend. And so whenever you study the Bible and you see different translations are struggling to come up with a word, that means that that's a hard word to, to put into English, and that's what's going on here. The word, the Greek word that they're trying to translate for us is the Greek word paraclete, which means to stand alongside and to declare or to argue. And this will make sense. It was a legal term. It was used of a, a defense attorney, somebody who would stand beside you and defend you, would, you know, would be there and just argue your case, plead your case. Isn't that a cool role that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you for all the days of your life to defend you? And, and he's there to just proclaim your case And let me show you two places where he defends you. He proclaims your case. One is within your own heart. Within your own heart. Look at Romans 8, 15, and 16. It says this about the Holy Spirit. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. I think God knows our hearts that we often doubt, am I really, you know, is God really my Father? Is God really gonna hear my prayers? And so one of the Holy Spirit's roles is to cry out from our hearts to God, Abba, Father. That's the word Daddy the very intimate word, that we can intimately go to God at all times. Like, I think we keep forgetting that, or we just, I don't deserve that. I'm, I'm, am I sure I can ask him for this? The Holy Spirit's role is there, yes. You, I'm defending your case. You are a child of God. He is your father. Go to him. Isn't that, a, isn't that a cool role that the Holy Spirit plays for you, is to constantly keep taking your heart to the creator God and calling him, Daddy. Be intimate with your God, cry cry out to him. Here's another verse, kind of talks about that. Romans 5.5, 5. it says that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. The Holy Spirit's like a giant faucet. He's just pouring into your heart God's love. I think we just constantly, oh, he can't love me or I don't deserve to be loved. Or look at, he's just constantly pouring into your heart. God loves you, he is your dad. Cry out to him. So there's that move that he has a moving your heart towards God. He's defending you. And another thing he does for you is that he speaks for you when you can't speak. Let me show you Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So the Holy Spirit is groaning within us. Uh, Who's groaning there? Does God groan? You know, does the Holy Spirit groan? Oh, it's gonna be a hard day for me. Like, that's not God groaning. That's our groanings, okay? There are so many times in our lives where it it just seems so overwhelming. It seems so confusing that even when you don't know what to say to God except just, oh, that the Holy Spirit's there saying, okay, what Doug meant by that uh, was he needs your help. He needs your encouragement. And he's constantly communicating from our hearts to our father and i trust me this this topic has been relevant for me this week i middle of the night um, earlier this week got called in to mercy hospital to be with a couple that just gave uh, birth stillborn to a 22 week old and it was a very hard pregnancy to begin with and just the grief that's there and you just don't have words and you just you groan with them and then walking along this family that lost the 21 year old to suicide there's no words there's there's groans, but how comforting to know that God's spirit is there saying, this is what we need. Father, come in and comfort. Come in and give strength. But that's the role that the Holy Spirit plays with us. He defends us. And that's, if you're a follower of Christ, that's every day of your life. The spirit of God is just in your heart defending you, reminding you of the love of God. Here's another one, is and Jesus says, is that he leads and he teaches He leads and he teaches. In John 16, verses 12 and 13, he says, Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. It's interesting, this is, remember, John 14 through 16 is one talk. Jesus is just giving this at one setting. So here we are in chapter 16, I can imagine these guys are starting to glaze over a little bit, right? Don't you even detect that? He says in verse 12, well, I have a lot more to say to you, but you're not handling it right now. It's like if you're a parent, you, you know, your kids are starting to check out. Or if you coach a team of kids, they're just not listening anymore. They just wanna go play. So Jesus gets that and he goes, okay, I have so much more, man, I'd love to just share with you, but I can't now, but my spirit will be in you and he will bring to mind things that I've taught you. He will speak from me, to you. And he calls them the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit does not have his own agenda. The Holy Spirit doesn't say, okay, well, I know Jesus is doing this, but I'm going to go do this. Like the Holy Spirit's role is to point us to Jesus and to remind us of the things that Jesus taught. And so that's powerful. If this morning, if you see the words of Jesus as being what they really are, Jesus said, "Uh, if you're my disciples, you will abide in my word and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You won't be deceived in this world. You won't live for something that's like, oh, I didn't know that was coming. Like, you'll be living for what's real and what's true, and that sets you free. And so, if that's important to you to really have the words of Christ to cling to, Jesus says, that's one of the roles of my spirit. He's going to keep reminding you of the things that I taught you. He's going to bring them to mind when when you need them. That's That's an amazing gift. That's That's powerful. Um, And again, Jesus, he he probably wished this time in the upper room could have gone for hours if he knew these guys were gonna remember it. He could have just kept coming, kept coming. I got more for you, I got more for you. But he says, I'm gonna just parcel that out and I'm gonna let my spirit bring it to mind when you need it. So that's a great promise for you as you step into this week. It's kind of been my motto the last few weeks. It's like, okay, God, what do you wanna do today? Like there've been some amazing days where I just saw nothing coming and then boom, there it is. So that's for you this week too. As you're stepping into this week, God, what do you got for me this week? And whatever you're facing this week, Jesus is right there, the Holy Spirit is right there to point you to Jesus and the things that he taught. You're gonna have what you need when you face those times. Um, Remember a couple years ago, um, preaching isn't always easy for me. One of those not easy mornings I was here very early, and it was about 7.15, 7.30, and I still didn't have one part down. I'm like, oh, no, and I just prayed, and I prayed, and I felt like God gave me a sentence. Say, said, like, oh, just this. I go, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Wrote it down. Guys, this was so cool. The next day, got an email from somebody. that said, hey, you know, it was a good message yesterday. When you said this, it really got my attention. Like, it was, it was that sentence. And this is a guy that had really been close with God for a while and has started to drift and God got him, and it, that's, that's cool. So that's the same thing. God's gonna give you words for you, but I think God's also gonna give you words when you're in conversations. Maybe you've had that experience where somebody asks you a question. You know, if it was just you, you'd be, you know, but, but you just feel, you see these words coming out of your mouth, it's like, wow, that, that's good stuff, where did that come from? That's, that's not me, but that's, a, that's a, a role that the Holy Spirit plays in your life to bring to mind the things that Jesus taught you. Um, The Bible also talks about the Holy Spirit giving you power. In fact, um, you see this in the book of Acts, that um, right after Jesus died, he rose again from the dead, he spent 40 days with his team, and then he was, right before he ascended into heaven, I I can imagine these guys are like ready to go, okay, we've been talking about this, let's go, let's go do this, and he's like, "Uh, I want you to wait. Don't go yet, I want you to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And then he said this in Acts 1.8. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so he says, wait, you're gonna need the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, here's an, another great verse, Romans 8.11 says, the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in your mortal bodies. That's, that's powerful to bring Jesus back from the dead. That same spirit lives in you to give you power and to give you strength. And let's be clear here, because I think sometimes people can treat the Holy Spirit, um, I think, with disrespect. It's kind of like, I'm just going to take the power of God and go do my agenda. I'm going to do what I want with the power of God. And we've got to remember that the Holy Spirit has one agenda. And um, I, give, I gave you a couple books in your outline that I think are great books on the Holy Spirit. One is called Keep in Step with the Spirit by J.I. Packer. And one thing he says that a good analogy of what the Holy Spirit does is he's like a spotlight. He shines the spotlight on Jesus. That's his role. The Holy Spirit doesn't want attention to himself, uh, and he's got one agenda. Let's point people to Jesus so that they can find life in him. And so if you want the Holy Spirit's power, but you've got another agenda, it's to go do something maybe to put the spotlight on you, Holy Spirit says, I want nothing to do with that. I'm all about the attention going to Jesus. So if you're headed that direction, he's there, let's go, I'm with you. I'm giving you power and let's go get that done. So uh, he's there to give us power. So what are some evidences then that the Holy Spirit's at work in our lives? Um, One is, In Galatians 5, we'll just hit a couple of these quick, is that there'll be a change in our character. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, or kind of the result of the Spirit working in our lives. Galatians 5, 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Uh, and so, interesting thing to note there is that it says it's the fruit of the Singular fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. So what you see is this: when this is the Holy Spirit working in you, I think you see all nine of those qualities growing. Not, well, I'm really loving this week, but I'm not patient. Man, I've been mad at people cutting me off. It's like I think that's maybe you're good at one of those and not the other. But when it's the Holy Spirit changing you, you just see all those character qualities growing uh, at the same time. So there's there's power over sin. You begin to change. When the holy spirit is showing up in your life uh, there's a boldness to witness a boldness to talk about jesus and some of the cool stories we're hearing around here are just simply people being bold and opening their mouth one story of a coworker that just said you know what i how can i pray for you and the guy just opened up about his need need for jesus so just being bold and then another one is the holy spirit will convict of sin he will convict of sin and let's back this up a little bit. Can, that sounds kind of harsh. Um, Jesus was really good at convicting people of sin. That doesn't mean that he takes your face and he rubs it in it and beats you down with it. Okay? What it means is that he likes to reveal sin in our lives so that he can forgive it and and set us free from it. Okay? Jesus was awesome at that. Here's one story um, in in John chapter eight. Jesus is with his disciples. And the religious leaders were trying to trick Jesus and so they brought this woman that they caught in the act of adultery and they just threw her at Jesus' feet. Just threw her down there and said, okay, Jesus, the law says we should stone her because she was caught in adultery. What do you say? And Jesus just smelled a rat here. They're treating her horribly. Where's the guy? You know, there's all this. This is a setup and he saw that right away. And so it's really interesting what he does. So he's got this mob and they're all picking up rocks and they're ready to stone this woman. And he drops to a knee and he just starts writing in the dirt. Nobody, the Bible doesn't tell us what he was writing. He just starts writing in the dirt. And then he stands up and he says to him, okay, whoever here is perfect, let that person be the first one to throw a rock at this woman. And then he just goes back to his knee and he starts writing again. And if we were there, you know, that place would have been just silent. Except for then you'd hear thud, like one rock dropping and a guy walking away and then thud and another guy walking away. All he had to say was one sentence and he convicted that whole mob of their sin. And when they were all gone, he looked at her and he says, where are your accusers? And he said, I, don't, I forgive you, go and sin no more. Just the way he was able to convict that whole group of their sin. In fact, speculation, total speculation, But some people think he was writing maybe the Ten Commandments. You know, and as they're looking at what he's writing, he's like, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh yeah, I guess I've done that. Or some people think maybe he was writing the name of women that they had slept with, you know? And so, oh, how does he know that, you know? And he's gone, we don't know, but he somehow he convicted them of their sin and they, and they left. So um, if you were one of the disciples, you go, uh-oh, who's gonna do that now? Like, who's going to play that role when Jesus goes back in heaven? Jesus says, you know what? You just, keep, you just keep talking about me. You just keep living the life. Let me take care of convicting people of their sin. In fact, if you've got a friend that you just really, you know, maybe they're trapped and they're doing things that are hurting themselves and hurting you, that's a great thing to pray for. God, would your spirit please show them what they're doing? Could you convict them of, of their sin? So that's John 6, 18, 16, 8 through 11, where it says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict The world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they don't believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, and concerning judgment because the rule of the world is judged. And so that's a key role he's going to play as you try to let people know about Jesus. He will convict them of their sin. And by the way, he may convict us of sin as well as we're reading his word, as we're getting closer to Jesus. And please remember, the way he convicts you isn't to beat you down and just, you loser, like why are you, it's more of like he's spotlighting sin in our lives and saying, let's, let's go, let's change this, let's take this to Jesus. Let him forgive it and let him set you free from it. So, so he'll convict of sin. <clears throat> and so what's interesting is you, you jump out of John and again about, you know he dies, rise again from the dead, 40 days with his followers, ascends to heaven. Then you see these guys living out the principles of this meeting, this most important team meeting ever. And so especially the Holy Spirit. In, in Acts uh, chapter one, remember he said, wait for the Holy Spirit, you're gonna receive power. Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes into the lives of the believers. And then Peter, one of the disciples, he's a fisherman, okay? This fisherman stands up in front of a crowd of people and gives his first sermon ever, okay? So this is just a fisherman, And he just days, weeks before this, denied that he knew Jesus three times. He denied Jesus to a junior high girl. He was so afraid and timid. Now he's standing up in front of a crowd telling them that they're sinners and they need Jesus as their Savior. And so you see boldness. You see clarity. You see Peter pointing people to Jesus. You see people being convicted of their sin, and three thousand people believe on that first day. You just see all those roles of the Holy Spirit just showing up right there through Peter, a fisherman. That gives us hope, you guys. I, not to knock Peter. I mean, maybe he he knew the Bible pretty well, been with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit gave him the words to speak, gave him the boldness, and convicted people of of their sin. And then look at this passage in Acts four thirty-one to 33. It says, when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And the full number of those who believed uh, was one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There you see the same thing, you see boldness, you see people who were, used to be very selfish, now living for each other, sharing their stuff with each other. You just see all the evidences of the Holy Spirit being at work. And so um, this, again, please, this is not just history, like this is for us today too. And I just ask, what evidences do you see in your life of the Holy Spirit being at work? or like Jenny mentioned earlier, community groups. Let's say maybe you're in a group of Christians, or maybe we talk about us as a church. What evidences do we see uh, that the Spirit of God is moving with us? And this is a great question. It's one of those gut check questions you gotta ask. Sometimes people will ask this about churches, or maybe about your life. Like, what what if God were to take the Holy Spirit out of Parkview? Or what if God were to take the Holy Spirit out of your life? How long would it take for you to notice? that kind of scary because i i I have those weeks sometimes where i just have my list of things i need to do and i just put my head down and i'm just going there's not a lot of reliance on the holy spirit or awareness of wow i really need him today it's just kind of like let's just go get her done i can sometimes churches can operate like that for a long time we stay busy we fill our calendar we do a lot of services we do a lot of but have we really been relying on the power of the holy spirit that's where i guys again this whole emphasis on prayer, on just going before God, is one way that you just allow the Holy Spirit to show up and to step into what you're doing. So um, let me just answer the last question then, just to kind of wrap up. How do we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives? Let me give you it's two answers to that. One is, um, there's going to be a slide up here. I didn't get it in your notes, so you might have to write fast um, or email me this week. I'll send it to you. But one way you can answer that question, how do we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, is you look at four commands. There are four commands in the New Testament about the Holy Spirit. One is, and so here's the list. One command is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, because that's emptiness, but be filled with the Spirit. So just like when you're drunk, that makes you do stupid things, it says be filled with the Spirit so you'll do awesome things, okay? So, Be filled with the Spirit. There's another one. Walk by the Spirit. We looked at that verse already. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Let Him lead you. That's another command. Here's another one. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That's in Ephesians 4 where the context there is your relationships. Make sure that you're forgiving others. Make sure that you're encouraging in your words, that you're not angry in your relationships so that our relationships really free up the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And the last command is don't quench the Spirit's fire. And in that context, it talked about kind of disregarding God's Word. Like, I just thought oh, the Word's not that big a deal. The Holy Spirit would say, yes, the God's Word is important. And so those are four commands. Let me, this might be a simpler way to do this because I, I think, again, the Holy Spirit's role is to spotlight Jesus Christ. So what about this one? What about this acronym of BOW? So of yielding, of bowing our lives before the Holy Spirit, letting him lead us, acknowledging our need for his power in our lives. And if the BOW could represent, uh, be like Jesus. I wanna be like Jesus. I'm gonna learn from him. I wanna grow to be like Jesus. The Holy Spirit says, that's my agenda too. Let me help you get there. So it's uh, be like Jesus. It's obey Jesus. Not just hear what he says, but do what he says. The Holy Spirit says, I want to help you do that. And then I want to witness about Jesus. I want other people to know how amazing Jesus is. If we're about those things, that's where if that's what you want to do every day, trust me, the Holy Spirit's like, I'm all over that. Let's go. Let me let me work with you and let's go see those things happen in your lives. And I just. What if in a fresh way, just again, all these topics in John 14 to 16, we need them all. But what if in a fresh way this week, we all understood how, how, what an amazing gift we have available to us in the Holy Spirit and how desperately we need them. And what if in a fresh way, we bowed before the Holy Spirit? What could happen with us this week? What could happen in our lives in this church? And so I just want to pray for that. And we'll just wrap up with that thought. Let me pray. God thank you um, for your word and how real it is, how helpful it is, and this amazing concept of the holy Spirit we it 's still hard to get my head completely around it that you God live uh, as the Holy Spirit inside of me, and i I know I am not maximizing all that you want to do in my life through your spirit, so do new things in me, God do new things in this church, help us even to go back to these these truths and to read the verses again and again and bottom line, Holy Spirit, you just want us to make a lot of Jesus, to follow him, to love him, to to obey him, and then to talk about him. And it as we're about that agenda, you're right there with us, giving us your power, giving us your comfort, defending us, pouring God's love into our hearts, all those things that we desperately need. Please do those in new and fresh and real ways in our lives and in this church. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.